everybody. I've missed you all. Welcome back to Shooting It with Soph. I am doing this for the second time. I feel like I've said this before. It's actually embarrassing. When I got back from my dear friend Sydney Sison's bachelorette party the other weekend, I was like, holy shit, best weekend of my life. I know you guys want to hear stories. I'm going to do a podcast. So after absolutely dying in my bed all day on Sunday, I woke up on Monday, recorded a podcast, and it fucking sucked. I was so brain dead. I was probably brain dead the entire week. It's taken me like a full two weeks to like feel myself again. But then I was like, you know, I'll just wait until I feel like I have a lot to talk about. And I still remember that entire weekend as vividly as... I did right when I got back. Probably even better because my brain's a little clearer. So I'm going to be talking about the bachelorette party and just like what's going on. I've missed you guys. I feel like I haven't spoken to you guys since before Super Bowl. You know, I could apologize and just be like, guys, don't worry. I'm going to be better and and do these podcasts like more religiously and on a tighter schedule. But like, ah, I can't promise anything. I (laughs) I just go with the fucking flow. So... I'm doing one now. Yeah, basically, since I haven't talked to you guys since January, I'll just fill you in. I went to Super Bowl in February. It was in Atlanta. It was my fourth Super Bowl. Super Bowl is unbelievable for networking if you are in the sports industry or entertainment industry. My best guy friend Dylan brought me four years ago to San Francisco, and he was like, you work in this world. You need to make connections. And I have truly made some of my best friends at Super Bowl, best friends, and some unbelievable business connections. So I always go, and I will say, out of all the Super Bowls I've been to, Atlanta Super Bowl week was the worst. Atlanta stinks. I'm sorry. If you live in Atlanta, I'm terribly sorry. I'm sure your city is like just fine if you live there, but it was not at all the best Super Bowl city. The parties were very different this year. There were a lot of public people going into the parties. The doors were crazy. There was a lot of pickpocketing. People were hacking the public Wi-Fi and like breaking into my friend's phones. I mean, it was it was really like just a different vibe there. I mean, it was still fun. Like I had a good time. I would say the best thing I did at Super Bowl was the rough and rowdy party, which was Friday night. Um, Barstool threw an early event. Usually they do like a night wild party, but they did like a 7 p.m. rough and rowdy fight with dinner and drinks and whatever and I had no idea what to expect but I obviously went because I wanted to see my friends from Barstool and all of that so we go to this event and I just thought I was going to be like drinking and not paying attention to the fight but I'll be honest like Rough and Rowdy was awesome. I was into it. And it was so funny because we were on the stage and all the guys were like literally passing cash back and forth, betting on these fights. And I had a really good time. And then I went out to the bars in Buckhead after because the events were too crazy that night. And that was a good night. But, you know, it's been a while since Super Bowl now that it's April. And in between now and then, I would say not much has happened in my life. I've been doing the same old shit. And then I went on one of my best friend's bachelorette parties. So if you don't know who Sydney Asizen is, go listen to our podcast episode. She is one of my closest friends and one of my favorite people on earth to party with. And only this girl would have 25 best friends. I'm not joking. There was a group of 26 of us and everyone was replying to my stories being like, wait, what? I feel like most bachelorette parties are like eight or nine people. And I wouldn't really know because I have no wedding or bachelorette experience. I've been invited to three weddings in my entire life. And I don't know if that's because people don't like me or it's because none of my friends are getting married yet because we're all immature. But either way, um, this was my first bachelorette party and it's going to be really hard to top. Okay, so I'll break down the weekend for you. It was the best weekend of my life. And I'm not just saying that. Like, I have a a really fun life. I'm sure if you follow along, you see that I travel a lot and I do girls trips and I go out and I have a great time. Like, I love having fun. I don't think I've had a weekend this fun since college, truly. Like, it was unbelievable. I felt so sad when I got back because... Being around 26 girls all day and night and just having people to hang out with and talk to and party with and drink with. And when I came back and I I live alone and I'm sitting in my apartment alone, I'm like, holy shit, 
I'm bored. I'm lonely. I miss everyone. I want to join a sorority now. I made a huge mistake by not joining a sorority earlier in my life because what a world. I feel like a common misconception if you just look at me from the outside, you would think, I mean, you you see I have a lot of friends, but I feel like it seems like I'm not as big of a girl's girl as I really am. Maybe that's wrong. I just feel like because I like sports and whatever, I don't seem as much of like a girly girl, but like, wow, I, I love, I am such a girl's girl. I love making new friends. And basically every single girl there was amazing. And I don't know if you realize how unbelievably rare that is for girls because Girls are fucking bitchy. Like, I thought for sure someone was going to be a problem or there was going to be an argument about something or someone was going to get drunk and cry. I just thought for sure something bad was going to happen and there was going to be at least, like, a few girls of the bunch that, like, sucked. And honestly, everyone was amazing. And everyone had a gigantic personality. And I know I, like, wrote that a bunch, like, when I was posting stuff all weekend, but, like, I'm not kidding. Everyone there was a party animal. Every girl there loves to party, which was great because there were no like Debs that were downers on the trip. Then on top of that, everyone was loud. Everyone's like center of attention without trying. I swear to God, like every girl there could be the center of attention and probably is often, but nobody was competing to be in the spotlight. Like we were just all just having a good time together. I swear to God, it was amazing. And you know, obviously with a group that big, I would say like, There were no cliques at all, but of course there's people that you gravitate towards. Like it wasn't like we sat in a circle holding hands of 26 people at the pool party. You know, you you sit with certain people and you just gravitate towards smaller groups, but it wasn't like a left out clicky type of thing. I really do feel like I got to speak to everyone there, but there were certainly girls that I hung out with a little bit more. And, you know, we were all joking about this a lot during the weekend because we were all posting so many Instagram stories and just documenting it and everyone was writing like don't stop if there was ever a lull in my content you know when we woke up on Saturday morning hungover I wasn't really posting anything and I got a few messages being like hey is everything okay I've been following along there hasn't been any posts in like 12 hours and we were dying but basically everyone was paying attention to this bachelorette party my story views I would say my average views on Instagram stories are like I don't know like 15 to 20,000 and they were at like 30,000 every day and most of the people watching didn't even follow me Not that I really, I mean, I didn't have the time to go through and see who was watching. I really didn't notice. But for any time I did scroll down for a second, it was just all people that I don't even know. But here's the thing. I know for a fact, because I know how people operate. I know that you guys were, not you guys, because I feel like if you're listening to this, you're cool as shit. But like, you know, people, followers, I feel like they were watching my stories from Scottsdale weekend and thinking that like we were out of control, dancing on tables, in bikinis, drinking, taking shots, not me obviously, but you know, just like being wild. And yeah, we were being wild with just us. We were having good, clean, emphasis on clean fun. No drugs, no boys, no one went home with dudes, no one was bringing guys back to the house. We were literally just raging as girls and that is okay. So I have this metric where I can see how many people are sending my stories to each other and I saw that there were like thousands of people sending my shit in DMs to each other and I know for a fact it wasn't all saying nice things. So if you were one of the people that was sending my stories to each other and just saying that we were being out of control or like slutty for just dancing amongst ourselves, you know, you can take that gigantic stick up your ass and don't pay attention to me because everyone there was like-minded and I love that we were all fun and I'm going to continue to have fun in my life. And if you have a problem with it, like just Don't watch me. Don't pay attention. Something I loved, and I will say this like before I get into like the weekend, is that some like the girls there, a lot of them who were married were like the most fun party maniacs. And they were saying like our husbands met us and we were like this and we've never changed and they have kids and they're still wild and crazy and fun and their husbands love them the way they are. And I think that so many girls think that they have to like tame themselves and just be this like kept woman and this like innocent little 
good girl that doesn't drink for a dude. And you know what? There are dudes who like that. And there are girls who are like that. And then there's girls who like to go out and have fun and want a dude who likes to go out and have fun too. And they showed me that there's a world where you can be married and still have your fun. Of course, they go home and they stay home with their kids and and they're, you know, being a parent most of the time. But when they get to let loose, they let the fuck loose. And that's exactly what I want to be when I grow up. Anyways, so (laughs) let's start from the beginning of the weekend. I took Southwest for the first time in my entire life. And I was honestly terrified. I have never flown Southwest, but it was cheap as hell, obviously, because I was flying from LA to Phoenix, which is like a 45 minute flight. But I like thought I just like had this image in my head that everyone was going to be like rushing the plane all at once and like throwing bows and like shoving each other to get good seats. And I freak out if I don't have an aisle seat. I always need an aisle seat because of leg room and because of like claustrophobia. So I was freaking out about Southwest and I'm going to be honest, like it was totally fine. (laughs) There's plenty of aisle seats. Like people don't always want to sit in an aisle. Obviously no one's like grabbing the middle if you get on before everyone, but I was totally fine. And now I fuck with Southwest. Do you know that you can cancel your flight up to 10 minutes before and just get all the money back in your account? So I'm going to fly Southwest like often now, I think. I think I'm like a big Southwest stan. But on the plane ride, I watched the Amy Schumer comedy special. It's her new one on Netflix. And it was so funny. I'm not a big Amy Schumer fan. Like I don't really care. I'm, I'm very indifferent towards her. But me and Sid were quoting this Amy Schumer special the entire weekend she's it's the one where she's pregnant I don't even know what it's called but you should watch it trust me we were like I was crying laughing into my hoodie during the plane ride so I highly recommend that so anyways I land on Thursday and I landed at the same time as Sydney and some of her friends from New York so we all got in a van immediately like popping champagne get to the house there's a million decorations Matt Martin's head is like cut out on sticks and there was a life-size cardboard cutout of Matt which by the way the entire weekend freaked us out every time we looked over Matt was just like standing there and it freaked us out the Airbnb was unbelievable it was a huge house with a huge guest house and there was a pool a hot tub a little mini golf course a volleyball court with sand in it like It was sick. And this is the way that a bachelorette party should be. It was just like first class all the way. We paid for everything before we got there. So no one ever had to take out money or their wallets or no one had to fight over the bill. Like this is how you should do it. If you're planning your bachelorette party, book in advance, pay for everything in advance and just make sure nobody has any worries all weekend because truly none of us did. So we get there Thursday, everyone's drinking. And I would say like half the group got there Thursday and the other half got there Friday. So the group that was there Thursday, That night we had a bartender in the buff come. So we had chefs come to cook us dinner. And then we had this like naked bartender dude. And he like comes, takes his clothes off. And he's just wearing like an apron with his ass out. And I will say... This guy had the most confidence of any human I've like ever met in my life. I give him a lot of credit. He walked up to a group of like 20 something girls and just wasn't even nervous. It wasn't even about taking his clothes off, just like walking into this group and was totally confident. I didn't think he was hot, but like some of the girls did. (laughs) And the funniest part was that he was an Arizona State student and we like knew people in common which is just fucking weird. Why am I 30 years old, like knowing people in common as an ASU, like naked bartender student? I don't know, but we had friends in common. So like, we didn't really know what to do with him. Like first, like we were having people do body shots off Sid, who by the way, let me backtrack. Sydney looked amazing. Her body looked unreal. Her hair, like she just, you know, like you always want to look your best, like for your wedding, your bachelorette party, whatever, like, well, check, nailed it. So we were doing body shots off her and then we were just sitting around and we're like, okay, like what do we do with this guy? And at one point I asked him to clear the table, like after we were done eating and then I felt like such an asshole because like he was there to like have fun with us and I'm like making him do actual chores, but whatever like he was we hired him so he was there to do shit for us so that was funny and yeah we had chefs make a meal but like everyone was trying not to eat that much because this was day one and we all wanted to be skinny for the pool party which was on Saturday and this was Thursday Thursday night Christy Sezikis who is another Islanders wag who I have met and partied with before she's one of Sydney's best friends think she's in the wedding she's one of my favorite humans on earth like this girl is so 
funny. She had me crying, laughing in tears all of Thursday night, just like dancing and being hilarious. And she's a mom and it she she's just like the most fun girl in the world. And she turned to me and she's like, Sophie, like, don't you feel like we're still 19? Like, I literally feel like I'm 19. And I'm like, yeah, I do. And I'm not even married with a kid like you. And I, of course I feel 19. And she's like, me too. And you know what? I think people are like, age is just a number. But like (laughs) this weekend really proved it because we were all like acting like we were in college. And I mean, I don't think my soul is going to get old for quite some time, I realized. But Friday we wake up and Christy was like, oh, I'm so excited for you to meet Meg and Cassie. They are two other Islanders wags. Like they're married with kids, but they're so great. And I'm thinking like, okay, like I'm thinking they're probably going to be nice, but like kind of standoffish and whatever. I mean, the door opens and they are screaming, jumping, hugging, like became instantly obsessed with each other. I adore them. You would never know that these girls are moms. Like they are goals. They were so fun. Life of the party, standing on the counter, dancing, just the best high energy humans I've ever met and Friday was so great all the girls were there and this is like my favorite day of the whole trip I think was Friday all the girls were there we're drinking all day at the house by the way I mixed in waters for the first time in my entire life and it works <laughs> like I was drinking all day and all night on Thursday and I was worried about like feeling okay all weekend and making it through and I was fine because I was mixing in waters. Not a big deal. I highly recommend it. I haven't done it since I've been back, but I really should get back on that train. So Friday was just great. Everyone was just really enjoying each other. And then at one point we were playing the newlywed game. Like Matt recorded a video beforehand. We're all sitting around in the living room and one of Sydney's friends from college, Molly, who's really funny. She, we're sitting in the living room and all of a sudden we see Molly like in her bathing suit just like in an uber waving bye to everyone and we're like where the hell is she going no one's even left the house yet since we got there and the best part was that an uber had just dropped off my friend Blair so that uber was at the end of the driveway Molly waves to us we're all laughing and then Molly's uber crashes into Blair's uber and Molly gets into a fender bender in the driveway. And I mean, maybe not. It doesn't sound that funny speaking it out loud. But at the time, it was so funny. Everyone was crying, laughing because we were all watching through the window. She gets in like an accident in her bikini, blackout in the back of an Uber. We didn't even know where she was going. And it was really funny. So then that night, people came over to do blowouts, do people's hair. And we got ready to go to dinner and out to the club. And not a surprise. I was the first one ready out of all 26 of us. I I have like an illness where I get ready too early for everything. I'm I show up places like 30 minutes early in my everyday life and I just I'm overly prompt. Like to like to the point where it's like weird and it stresses other people out because I'm too early and they're like, oh shit, I haven't even left the house yet. Anyways, I was ready early, so I start drinking first. And I will say that Friday was probably my most lit point of the trip. I was hammered. By the time the party bus came, this party bus came and it was so fun. It was loud. All of us were smushed in there, raging. And I wish it was longer. Like we drove like 10 minutes to dinner. And then it dropped us off at dinner and we had a private room at dinner and dinner was great. I don't remember much of dinner. Dinner was, uh, we, I don't, we were just all uh, turned at dinner. We got to mingle with each other and I don't really know what else to say about dinner. Uh, Like I have photos from in the bathroom, like in the mirror with Christy and Blair. Like I guess we did a photo shoot, don't remember that. And then at the end of dinner, I do remember this. So we were leaving to go to the club And I guess everyone was in the party bus. The entire room was cleared out. And me and Meg are trying to bring our drinks out. And they were like, ladies, you can't leave the restaurant with drinks. We're like, oh, okay. So we go behind a wall and we try to pour the drinks into plastic water bottles, which is my go-to move. And the lady was like, ma'am, I told you, you are not allowed to leave here with drinks. So basically me and Meg run downstairs. We're chugging at the bar and this party bus is about to leave. So then we sprint onto the bus And we're sitting there and the bus like isn't moving. We're like, dude, come on. I was like, let's go. Let's go to the club. Like we're all like fired up. Bus isn't moving. So then these two cops get on the bus and my heart sinks. Like I'm like, for some reason, I always just think I'm doing something wrong. When (laughs) when I see cops, I'm like, (gasps) and I, I don't even do anything illegal. And I'm just freaking out. And then it very quickly was apparent that these cops were stripper cops. And these stripper cops were vile. <laughs> I'm not a big stripper person in general. I think like girl and guy strippers are gross. But these particular males, particular, 
<laughs> male strippers were gross. One of them looked like Danny DeVito. And like every time they came near us, we were like, Ugh, gross. But it made for good content. And then we get to Bottled Blonde. And I'm not a big club girl. I was. Trust me, I was. I went to college at University of Miami. I was in the club like four nights a week. And probably why I am so club averse now. If any of my friends are going to nightclubs, I don't care who's going. I won't go. And... <laughs> I had the time of my life at Bottled Blonde. It actually scared me because I was like really in my element there. And then I was like, holy shit, maybe I really haven't changed since college. I like this a little too much. Still will never go to a club like now. Like I'm not, you're never going to catch me dead in Hollywood. You're never going to see me in a Miami club. But like (laughs) Bottled Blonde was fun as hell. We had a table. We were just dancing, like loving life. When the lights came on at the end of the night, the only people still there were like me, Sydney, and the moms and Carrie. It was so fun. So then Saturday was a struggle, but it was the best hangover I've ever had because I was surrounded by everyone. And usually I'm just like laying in bed and having anxiety and can't do anything with my life. But we were all together and these girls got IVs and I was like, hell no. I don't know if it really works because it's not like the girls who got IVs were like, yay, I feel amazing. I think they're like maybe helps a little bit, but like I, I, there's something about like needles going into your veins. Like I'll take a needle in the face all day. (laughs) but I do not want a needle in my vein so I didn't do it and then we slowly make our way to the W pool party which I thought was just going to be like the W in Miami like a relaxing nice like pool scene and it was Vegas so at first I walked in and I'm you know a little bit anxious but it quickly was a very 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 fun day I invited some friends that I knew that live in Scottsdale and they came with their friends and we just had a freaking blast Sunday was the worst morning of my life I didn't sleep the night before I was having panic attacks the entire time in the airport. I was depressed to go back to reality. I want to be around these people 24-7. I loved all of the girls, like Katie, who is one of Sydney's maids of honor, lives in Denver. We've been like texting about planning a trip. Caroline, who's the other maid of honor, she did an outrageous job at organizing everything. Sid, I love you. I can't wait for the wedding now because now I have so many friends. And it was truly as fun as it looked on my Instagram stories. I swear to God, it really was. There's obviously stories I can't tell you guys, but none of it was like inappropriate. Just, you know, the fun stuff. Back to reality now. What have I been doing? I don't know. Just like watching playoff hockey. And I I will admit, you guys are going to rip me for this, but bad confession I did not watch any regular season hockey all year this is probably the first year in like I don't know 10 years I haven't watched any regular season hockey I don't know why I just busy and not that interested and everyone's like so young in the league I don't really know that many people anymore I used to have friends you know I used to work in hockey so I knew everyone it's different now but I did listen to every single episode of spit and chicklets So I feel like I've been like semi on top of things. And now I'm obsessed with playoff hockey. I've been watching every game. If you're not watching playoff hockey, like you're missing out. It's so exciting. And I don't know who's going to win the cup. I have no idea because I haven't been watching all year. But what I do know is that I'm rooting for the Islanders because of all my girlfriends now who date all the guys on the Islanders. I love them to death and, you know, I want them to win. And I also watched the Masters the other day. That was unbelievable. If you weren't rooting for Tiger Woods, you're an idiot. Masters is so soothing. Like I wish it was on every single. Sunday it's just like birds chirping and like so quiet and the British accent like I love everything about it I went to the Masters once though I don't know if I've told you this I went to the Masters maybe like three or four years ago and it was not as nice as you would think the course is obviously outrageous and beautiful and Augusta's airport is like so cute But everything else about going to the Masters stinks. There's no hotels there. So you have to stay in other people's homes, like kind of like Airbnb style. But like these homes are gross and it really freaked me out when I went. So I like to watch the Masters from afar. I will continue to do that. But I will say there's so many guys at the Masters. So many like hot, not loser guys. (laughs) So maybe it is a good place to go as a girl's trip because there's so many dudes there. But uh, I I don't think I'll be going back. Oh. I have something to say. So like I'm sort of like the therapist for all my friends, like all my girlfriends and my guy friends and like my brother and my cousins, actually everyone always calls me when they're going through shit with dating or guys, girl problems, whatever. I feel like I give pretty good advice from like an outside perspective. I just think I really understand guys because I have so many close guy friends and I think I really understand girls because I am one obviously and I think I can be helpful. But you know, when it comes to yourself, sometimes it's hard, but this is going to come out wrong. I'm not talking 
about like general depression and all that, like anxiety, all that. If you have a mental illness, like speak up, help people, like get help. But just like being sad publicly about a boy, I just feel like it's a really uncool look. You know, like posting like sad songs, sad quotes, like being dramatic on Twitter, being dramatic on Instagram, like just don't do it. Nobody likes a sad girl. Because nobody cares. Truly, everyone is so wrapped up in their own lives and their own bullshit. Like, of course we care about our friends. But like, you know, other people's like sadness doesn't really affect anyone but you. So like, if you're posting to get attention and you think it's going to make the boy want you back because you're like being sad, no guy wants to be with a sad chick. So like, be happy. Yeah, you can be sad. Be sad. Talk to your friends about it. Be sad in your own home. But don't let it consume you. And don't post about it. Like, every time I see girls just posting about like how depressed sad they are or it's just like so obvious they're going through a breakup my first thought is just like yikes and you think that a guy is like oh that's hot like yay I can't wait to like come back to this girl like no just be happy do you that's when people like gravitate towards you and another way to stay happy with dating this is like a hot tip and I always tell people this and I literally threaten my friends lives do not look at the activity page on Instagram I've never in my life no that's not true take that back I've never looked in probably like three years if you look at the activity page on Instagram you are asking for trouble to see who's following who and who's liking what like that doesn't mean shit what do you know like how do you know if they're not friends if if the girl is not dating one of their friends you know I follow people all the time and like guys photos you would think that like if you looked at these guys you would probably assume that I like or I'm talking to all these guys when really it's none of them nobody knows who anyone is really dating or talking to so stop looking at the explore page at the activity page it will drive you insane I swear to god ignorance is bliss like the second you stop looking you will feel happier I promise you that is like literally the trick to staying happy and dating and my friends used to like obsessively check and see who the guys they liked were following and them liking butt pictures and just like fucking don't ignorance is bliss trust what they're doing to you trust what they're saying to you until they give you a reason not to so yeah you know it's good to be back and let's get into the interview Okay, guys, I'm here with truly one of my favorite humans. If you watch sports, you definitely know her because she's on the sidelines at every major sporting events. My girl, Jamie Erdahl, welcome to my podcast. Thank you. I just am so excited to be chatting with you today. I mean, I just woke up. I look like shit. Jamie's like... (laughs) so like glowing and bright and I'm like oh good morning I the baseball cap though I feel like kind of shades your face a little bit so I got that going for me I was wearing a baseball cap like for the last two weeks because my roots but I got them done yesterday so. days, your hair looks very good I was gonna tell you that thank you very much um yeah we were just talking about how I just woke up and someone tried to hack my Instagram my Snapchat and then tried to hack my email to get my pat to change my password so now I'm locked out of everything and I'm fuming it's the worst feeling because all of a sudden you start to kind of double clutch on like all the things that could be out there um <laughs> and it's a bad feeling it is like it, it, it won't go away for a while I've had that someone had someone tried that on my snapchat just recently which I've totally turned my snapchat back to like private just friends so and I. um I it just it, it, even if you know like oh there's nothing on there it doesn't matter it's just the worst feeling right well, and by the way neither of us even use snapchat like I haven't used snapchat in like a year so it is too much work now like to do both to do instagram and snapchat <laughs> I like my instagram stories and I have yes. instagram stories for close friends too I don't need to be snapping people snapchat mm-hmm. is for like shady people you know how I felt so much honor when I was like, oh, I'm on Sophie's close friend's Instagram. <laughs> I mean, obviously. I, like, yes, I got green circled. <laughs> oh, my God. Of course you would be part of that. Um, I love those stories, by the way, because it's yeah. like no one even knows you have a story up except for the people that can see it. I like it. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So I was trying to think before this interview, I have no idea. Where did we meet? Like, how did we meet? I feel like – we met on like Instagram before we ever met in person. That makes sense. Because I def- we definitely hung out in Minnesota at the Super Bowl. Okay, so that was my like first memory of you yes. was like But I think we knew each other, quote unquote, before that. I like could have sworn we had met maybe we had met in passing before that, but I know we hung out for the first time. Did you ever go to Nantucket? No. 
Okay. That's – or, like, you were never up in Boston, like, with the Barstool guys or anything. Well, I've been in Boston with them, Newport, but I know Paul's yeah. been trying to get me to go to Nantucket every summer. He retires every year, and um, I actually retired, like, four years ago, and he needs to just, like, get on board with that because it is detrimental. Paul will retire from Nantucket when he, like, retires from Barstool, which will be never. <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> but, like, good for him. Like, I'm sure yeah. he's, like, king in Nantucket. It's, it is it it is remarkable. It's actually – I've never seen someone just be able to, like, stand on a countertop, like, as easily as he can. <laughs> Wait, do people, like, recognize him? Yes. He, like, runs an entire – and he, like, pretends as if it's, like, not his party, but it, like, definitely is totally just Paul's party. Like, at oh. this one bar every day, you know? I actually really need to go see that. That would be so funny. It's remarkable. And what's that? I don't even know the name of the song, but it's the Aruba, Jamaica, Ooh, I Want to Take You. He must play that song a million times. And people Stop. think it's, like, the most genius song to play. I'm like, you guys, this has been on for three hours, and yet we're still drinking and partying to it. I would have guessed that his song is Pop That. Mm. that's usually I think that happens like later on but to really get people going it's the um the Beach Boys that's I don't know I have to check that out um so yeah I think we met officially or hung out officially at Super Bowl in Minnesota which by the way low-key like so fun I'm so glad you said that because being a native Minnesotan it's a lot of pressure to feel like you know it's not going to happen very often where Minnesota gets to have these like major events come into town and um, I was a little nervous about the party scene and whatnot, but it was really fun. The weather could have been better. I mean, it's it's never fun to like be out in your great outfits like in zero degree weather. But the parties themselves were were great. The one I know, the one that we did hang out at wheels up, um, wheels up, yes, which now has just become our Super Bowl hang. Um, that was definitely the best one. That was. I I thought Minnesota Super Bowl was a billion times better than Atlanta. Hmm. That is very interesting. I can't compare the two because since I was pregnant and not drinking in Atlanta, so that's just kind of shades my Atlanta experience. Yeah, so let's talk about Atlanta Super Bowl. Jamie is pregnant, if you didn't know. I mean, now everyone knows, but she basically, we went to dinner over Thanksgiving in my hometown outside Philly, and she was like, are you going to get a drink? I'm like, I don't know. Are you? And she's like, um, nah, I'm pregnant. I was like, What? <laughs> <laughs> just so casual it was so early too and I just like am not someone who is for for having a lot of my life out in the public I am not someone who is really equipped yet to deal with something that is supposed to be really private or you know everyone has these rules of thumbs for like how long you're supposed to keep that to yourself but I was entirely too awkward with that telling a lot of people but I just can't and I'm a bad secret keeper when it comes to my own stuff so Same. I just was like oh, I was like eight weeks pregnant when I saw you which is like really not what you're supposed to do but you know I was lucky and everything turned out fine. But yeah, I just like, I can't drink. I'm pregnant. Yeah. She's like, I think I might get a mocktail or something. I'm pregnant. I was like, what? <laughs> and then you told your mom. Oh my God. We go out. My mom picked me up and I was like, mom, Jamie's pregnant. She's like, this nice is Jamie. She's you. pregnant. She's like, nice to meet you. Congratulations. <laughs> oh God, yeah. um, that was really exciting. But so we were just at Super Bowl. Well, not just, but back in February and Jamie was pregnant, but like more fun than pretty much everyone there. <laughs> like out every, but by the way, you do have more stamina when you're pregnant because you're not suffering like I was. Like Saturday night, I couldn't even go out. I was buckled, and she yeah. was out at every party. And yeah. you were you were the DD. You drove me to the wheels up, <laughs> and we found great parking. <gasps> we found great parking. Left the car running, just the uh, car. <laughs> yep, I was in the back seat. And she was driving and I was like shaking and trying to drink to like retox and it wasn't working and I was just not in a yeah. good place. But Jamie was because she didn't have to drink all week. It was and, – and I have done the like – especially Super Bowl week, you know, we still have some semblance of work to do depending on if it's CBS and Super Bowl. And it's like working hungover is just never fun. So it was a good year for it to be CBS and Super Bowl because I had so much more to do and I was never hungover and that was great. And um, But you do have a different – just there's a difference between if you're not pregnant and you just decide, I am not going to drink at this social event it's you just you're not as into it but if you just know you can't drink because you're pregnant you can be just as into it it's like this weird mental shift of like well I can't be doing that anyways because I shouldn't and so let's just turn it up a little bit and with our sprites and our club sodas and limes honestly I feel like doing Super Bowl sober is kind of the way to go like 
the way I felt every single day was so brutal that like maybe I should just be pregnant for next year's Super Bowl. And I'm <laughs> breaking <laughs> I'm down. <laughs> Although next year's in Miami, so maybe. maybe. Uh, okay, maybe, yeah. the maybe, maybe the one after that. But then I think after that is LA. God, there's never going to be a good time for me to be pregnant. This sucks. <laughs> Push it back a couple of years. <laughs> um, I remember when Super Bowl was in Miami um, when I was in college. It was the year the Saints won, I think. I'm not sure. But I remember the pool parties and I was in college and it was Miami is going to be ratch. In a is it fun? I, I didn't I, Miami to me is has the threat of like being really spread out, like too spread out for the fun. Well, it's also a very, very, very small city. So yeah. it's, it'll, I think there's going to be an obscene amount of traffic. I think I have no idea where they're going to put like the Super Bowl fan experience because there's no right. big open areas besides the and beach. It, a little bit. Um, I felt like my first Super Bowl was the San Francisco, San Jose situation a few years back. And like that three, four, same- four Super Bowls ago. Yes. I was I there. So. Yes. Yeah. Maybe we met there. Maybe. I don't really – my brain. Anyways. So, um, you know, we fried them. <laughs> so, I felt the same way about San Francisco Super Bowl a couple of years ago because, like, the game was down in Santa Clara where the stadium was, but the experiences were up in San Francisco. But, like, where is the identity to, like, the game? Whereas Minneapolis, like, you could be like, there's the stadium. Here are the parties. Like, it was all right there. Um and I, I don't know if Miami's going to be the same way because the stadium, you know, is inland. And then, like, but you're wanting the parties to be, like, in South Beach. Well, the stadium's far because that's where we yeah. had our college games. And we would yes. be on, like, a school bus for an hour and a half to the stadium. That's <laughs> <laughs> not good. It was bad. Um, <laughs> but I know that the party – I know that they will do the parties, right? I thought the parties in Atlanta yeah. were a little weird this year. Another kind of spread out one, in my opinion. Spread out, ratchet, like, just yeah. not great. Um, okay, so when are you due? July 10th. <gasps> That's like soon. I know. So I was at my, my husband and I were at dinner the other night and I said, you know, he was he kept saying July 10th, July 10th, you know, maybe we'll have a fourth of July baby, whatever. And I said, I know she's coming in 11 weeks. And he was like, okay, <laughs> saying July 10th feels very different than 11 weeks. Can we just stick with saying the date? Because it's so true. Like, I'm now I'm 20. Like, it's it feels right around the corner. And, and it's one of those things too that in this happens a lot, not just with pregnancy, but you don't think about something. And then all of a sudden it's part of your life and you start hearing over and over and you're like, how is this, how is this happening? So I swear to God, I've heard five people in the last week or so have gone two weeks early and I'm like, Oh my God, like 11 weeks is one thing, but like, what if she comes in early, like late June? I don't even know. You can't control this. It's honestly like crazy like time's flying. And I mean, we were just at Super Bowl, and now it's like May in a few days. You're, you're about to have this baby. Ugh. Yeah. Um, so I know that you were saying you were having a really rough pregnancy in the beginning. So hard. You couldn't really eat. Bad. Couldn't eat. And everyone, I just, I couldn't eat, which is like one of my joys in life. And maybe that's why you look literally the exact same minus the little belly. Like yeah. right now I can just see her from like chest up and she looks the exact same, like no weight on your face. You hear this, you know, like Princess um, Kate went through this and Amy Schumer is going through it right now, this hyperesis gravidium. And it mostly, the connotation a lot is to do with like severe vomiting, which not to get all into this, but like, I didn't have that. I just was zero interest in food. Like it was my worst hangover every day of the week. And, but I still lost 10 pounds. And I think I heard somewhere that that's, that that symptom of like a severe um, pregnancy sickness is defined by losing 10% of your body weight. And I was like, just, I was like a few pounds away from that. Like it was, I lost 10 pounds. It was not good. My stomach shrunk. I just had no interest in food. And so yeah, starting net negative 10 from essentially when I found out on Halloween that I was pregnant, like sure that helps you like look great now at 29 weeks, but it was so bad. And then what happens is it snowballs. I just was so angry. Like I was angry that I felt so horrible and people- Uh bless their soul, like want to be so happy and supportive, like at work and they want to ask questions. And I just didn't want to talk about it because oftentimes the, the kind of the crutch question is like, are you just loving eating everything? And it's <laughs> what's like, your craving? Like, yeah. What's your craving? And I'm like, I want to throw you through a window. I'm not craving anything. Stop asking me. Oh my God. And I swear, like, I don't remember like some of my last couple of college football games. Like I just was getting through the days to get through them. 
And I feel the second you start feeling better is like when you start getting bigger and like, then you're like not as mobile, which is hard. But yeah, it was, it was really hard for me at the beginning. Well, even like at that dinner, we had dinner in Atlanta for Super Bowl week. And I remember I went up and I got up to go to the restroom a couple of times. And I think you can't, you, when I came back one of the times you were like, are you okay? And I was like, I just couldn't be around food that much. Oh, like, no. and, I, and I was trying to be like discreet about it. Like you were like, yeah, actually just, discreet. this is my first time like realizing I was drunk I didn't even realize I asked if you were okay and it was so interesting that you were that you asked because I was like yeah I'm fine like I appear fine but I just like the like restaurants would like bring food and I'd be like "Ooh, like I need to get up and like not look at this like for maybe a couple minutes but it was so hard because you don't want to like remove yourself from these situations I actually had no idea that's good so are you feeling better now much better. Okay. I eat good. anything I want and my weight gain is totally regulated and Amazing. we're all good. She's so good. Yeah. didn't you plan this pregnancy like in perfect alignment with your off season? Cause you cover football and you cover college basketball yep. and now you're pregnant through baseball, hockey playoffs, whatever. And you're going to pop the baby out and then you're going to be ready to go for spring training. I mean, sorry, not spring training, ready to go for training camp. Yes, exactly. I did. We did quote unquote plan it. I mean, you see a lot of women um, deal with what I can only imagine is an immense struggle in infertility. And, you know, fingers crossed, we weren't going to have to deal with that. And we just kind of decided that, you know what, you know, I'm 30, my husband's 31. We're going to try it this way in terms of me wanting to have a baby like in June or July, May, June or July for a couple of years. Um, and if it works, it works. If it didn't, we were going to be okay for, for a few years. Like if we got, you know, three, four years into it and we weren't hitting that window, I was going to say, you know what? I'd rather, I need, I want to have a child more so than it is important to like not miss a football game. Right. Um, so we were going to address that if that had become the situation, but we were lucky enough that we pretty much, I said, you know, like, you know, if you don't have to miss work, I don't really want to have to miss work. And not that anyone at CBS is making me feel like I have to do this. Like they could, you know, no, you love wonderful. your job. I love my job and I don't want to miss any football. And I love my job for a lot of reasons. One of which is that I get this time off in the summer and why not try at least, you know, maybe the first couple rounds to make it work this way. So yeah, October was kind of our last go round in terms of trying to make it work this year. And it worked the last month. And now it's funny in hindsight, I was saying to my husband that if, if I was any more pregnant, like at the final four, I would have been like really uncomfortable. So actually I think July, I think we're just going to pump a bunch of kids out in July. No, or at least we're try. literally you just like started to show with your last yes. job yeah. and then it was like, all right, now you can chill and be pregnant. Yes. I was so exactly. excited when your bump started to show. Finally. It took a while. And that's the other it took thing a while. Too, is like, you think, you think you, you, you don't expect that you have expectations, which is a weird sentence, but it's true. And then when you're halfway through and you also don't realize the things that you say to people who are pregnant that now I feel like I'm going to be a lot more in check with oh, like no. friends that are pregnant because so many people are like, look at you, you're not even showing. And like, you do want to be showing like you're pregnant. Like that's like the beauty of it, you know? Right. Now, in 20 years, I'm probably going to be happy that I was able to, like, stay a certain size. But when you're living it, you're like, I, well, I don't know what to tell you. She's in there. Like, <laughs> right. You want that, like, belly moment where yeah. everyone's like, oh, you're Like the Meghan Markle. I'm just right. Like, where she has her hand know. on her stomach in every photo. You're yes. like, your stomach's, like, caving in and you're like. <laughs> <laughs> like, she's in there. I'm like, I'm, like, carrying around my sonogram photo. Like, yep, she's in there. <laughs> okay. So I'm assuming that most people – know who you are if they're listening to this but if you don't Jamie is a sideline reporter for CBS so you have been on the sidelines at the final four games the NCAA championship the biggest games in college football you did the NFL what was like your coolest moment this far in your career your holy shit moment Mm, 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 mm. that is such a good question you know I've had I'm I'm in a point in my career where I am at a lot of these major events, but I still haven't reached that kind of life goal of working, working like a Super Bowl, working, working a Final Four or a national championship. So I CBS brings me there. I work, you know, the lead up. I was on the pregame show to the Super Bowl. I was um, doing pregame and postgame for the Final Four. But for me, still working the game is 
a part of my career goal in, you know, in life. So having that as of like a, oh my God, when I, when I was able to talk to the game winning coach after, you know, the Super Bowl, like I still haven't attained that yet. So that had that, I wouldn't, I wouldn't count that as one. The, the environment that still kind of takes my breath away a little bit and gives me goosebumps is actually um, when I was with the Bruins and really, I, yeah, it really, yeah. And it was, unfortunately they lost the series, but it was the second round series. The one year I covered hockey, which anyone who knows me knows I had a really hard time kind of getting into hockey. Um, but interesting I from a Minnesotan. Was, yes. <laughs> but I was, I was full blown bought into this, to that team and the sport by the time the season was, we were in the playoffs and it was their second round series playoff series against Montreal. And it was like the game and the games in Boston are always great, but the games in Montreal, I mean, there is something to be said for like hockey in Canada. Like it is just, I, I'm dying to go to a game in Montreal. I feel like that would be like next level. It was just, uh, I can't, I can't explain it. Like, I mean, the super bowls are great. The final four, but these are places that, everyone is descending upon the town to be at. So you're just never going to be able to create that home game environment. Like you were going to be like in Montreal and the and original six and just, Oh my God. It just, I still have a hard time like thinking of one that would top it. Maybe Alabama LSU college football this year, but the game started and Alabama crushed LSU. Like and it was at home. So then like the entire Tiger stadium just like deflated. So there was no sustainability to the mm-hmm. excitement. That Bruins Hab series that year, gosh, when would that have been now? Twenty fifteen, I think. Oh my god! Like nothing has nothing has matched it for me. That's so cool. I would love yeah. that. Oh, it was. I mean, and it sucks because they lost. I think in game six or seven back in Boston, and they had they had the best record in hockey. That always happens in hockey. The best record in hockey. Like I mean, 10- the Lightning this year. So, that was so weird. Bad. Yeah, so weird. So that's still it. I mean, I have little moments of like meeting people and whatnot, but I don't, you know, like that in terms of like, I could not wait to, and and people had said it. And until you live it, you're just like, I don't, eh, eh." and then you're like, Oh my God, like, this is it. No, I love that answer because it's not an expected answer. Like I thought you were going to say like, you know, the national championship game in football. Um, Yeah. But it's like so cool for me because I'll be, you know, for these major events, you go out, you're drinking with people and I'll look up at the TV and you're on every TV. I'm like, <laughs> there's Jamie on the stage when like the team won the national championship and there's Jamie yeah. on the final four. And you're just yeah. always there in the moment. It is, it is a really, it is really cool. And the stuff that I have been able to do with those big events has been great just to physically be there, I think has prepared me hopefully for someday when I am able to be on the broadcast. Um, but until then, I just don't know that feeling yet that my colleague Tracy Wolfson has of like, you know, we all get a, a show countdown, you know, before our broadcast starts, you know, 30, 10, whatever. And like, I don't know what that feels like yet to be on a show countdown that's like to the Super Bowl. So yeah. I just can't, I'm sure if we talk in however many years again, and that will become one of my answers. But until then, that Bruins Montreal series was, was it. That's so cool. Do you ever get nervous? <sighs> no, not anymore. You don't? No, I only get nervous if I feel unprepared, then I'm nervous. Um, Who's one of the nicest athletes you've ever worked with? Like someone who's really stood out. Mm, mm, mm. People ask me that all the time. Like, who's your favorite athlete that you've interviewed? It's hard to say because everyone's usually so great. But like, you know, there's ones that who are just like above and beyond. Yeah. I, I associate being really nice with like putting an effort in just from like being a human standpoint of like remembering who I am. Right. Like those guys, you get shuffled through. I get that, but we're all still people. Like I know that we're there to put you on television and that's a, that's a big deal. But like if, if I can tell pretty quickly when I'm just like another production phase to them, or if it actually is like a retain, you know, they mm-hmm. retain the information. So, um, guy, some names that stick out to me, like Derek Carr. Yeah. Years ago when I first started at CBS, I had a Fresno state game where he had played he was with the, he was a rookie with the Raiders, but mm-hmm. he came back for a game. And so we chatted there. And then when I was on college football, and then when I went to the NFL and I had his game, I said, you know, we actually met a few years ago. And he's like, oh yeah, when I went back for that game. So like just that kind of, and then yeah. from then we just always kind of had that established. Um, one of my favorite guys here in Minnesota's uh, Kyle Rudolph is a really great, just like see him in Starbucks, you know, just saw him at the final four, just couldn't be nicer. You know, he's um, like a huge barstool guy. 
Oh, is he? Yeah. Yeah. He, and it just, and it's just like, I can't put my finger on it, but it's that feeling that you get when you're like, this person acknowledges that I am, I am a human too. And that it's not just like, you know, so those two kind of stand out to me. Let me think about other sports. You know, what's Um, funny is it's, it's like, there's three categories. There's the athletes who just see you as a production face. There's mm -hmm. the athletes who respect you and get to know you and and know your name. And then there's the athletes who know you because they want to fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> and then there's that and then there's that group. <laughs> right. Um I will yeah. say like there was a guy like that when I worked for the Panthers. I mean, you know him from the Bruins. Sean Thornton knew everyone's name who worked oh. for the team. Like yes. the people who were assistants with marketing and he would be yes. up in the press box a lot unfortunately for him but like Sean? Yeah. He, Sean Thornton is like the extrovert of all extroverts in my opinion. Like I don't I and he was on that team um that I had with the Bruins like how he doesn't like get exhausted with all the people he wants to like see and talk to. And like, he, it is remarkable to me how so how he's such a social, he's not even a social butterfly. He's a social animal. And yeah. And the fact that he remembers everyone's name. Yes. Based, I'm like, how you must yeah. meet so many people. Yes. What about a really cool coach? Like someone who you love working with. Andy Reed in Kansas city. Was I love really that. Great. It was always really great to me. Are there any college coaches? Well, Jay Wright, Jay Wright at Villanova is fantastic. Everyone um, loves him in Philly too. Yes. Um, let's see. Who else? Is Coach K nice? I haven't met Coach K. Really? Mm-mm, I have not done a Duke game. Uh, Roy Williams is great. Um, there are a few that I would never like throw under the bus that I don't enjoy. Like Nick Saban? No, no Coach Saban is actually great. Really? Like he, yeah. And you know what's funny is I just fully expected him to be like Coach Belichick. Um, not that Bill is that bad. He, like, he, he comes off really bad, really poorly in, in press conferences, but Nick Saban, he, he really, he, he, he chats, he does. And I think there's just more of like an inherent trust there that like, we're going to n- use what we need to use to make it a good broadcast, but we're also not going to throw it under the bus. No, I really enjoy coach Saban. And I mean, God, if you can't like, like somebody after we, I must've done interviewed him like 25 times this year because it's always the winning coach. It's always the, this coach right. and he's just always li- winning. He's always mm-hmm. leading. So he, um, no, I was really, really pleasantly surprised spending my time with, with Saban. That's um, cool. Do you know what's funny is like everyone is, I mean, it's not even funny. It's just like true. Everyone loves you and respects you so much in this industry like even me and Sydney were talking about you and she's like boomer her dad just says you are so great you everyone respects you everyone loves you do you ever get hate online because I'm a little annoyed that you might not and I'm like I'm always getting I'm getting fucking hacked I'm getting crushed I'm like getting tortured every day and like Jamie's out here everyone's like love you (laughs) um there was a there was more of a time in my career where I got a, a lot more hate and Boston to circle back Boston yeah I would say even then it was like eighty percent love twenty percent hate like I really can't I have not live luckily not been one of these women in the industry that just gets crushed I don't know why I don't you know I have a I have a minute the it's the Minnesotan part of my personality where I double clutch a lot I'm like going to tweet something or post something where where I'm just like do people really care about what I think about this? And then I will delete the tweet because I just don't, I don't, there's a part of me that I'm like, I, this isn't my world. I'm good. Like about NBA playoffs. I'm just like, uh, like I'll, I'll write it. And then I'm like, no, I shouldn't put that out there. So I feel like I don't uh, open myself up a lot to it just because I've stopped over the years, like tweeting constant, like random observations or thoughts. It's like, I just don't think people need my commentary like 90% of the time. I also think a thing that helps a lot And it's fucked up that this is the world we lived in. But the fact that you're married and nobody can just be like, she's fucking these guys. Where like everyone I interview or I'm in the same room with, I am apparently sleeping with. Yes. And that, and I went through that when I was in Boston, when I was single. And, um, but when I was in Boston, I had one of the lowest points in my career, um, which this is very easily Googleable. Um, when I mispronounced a famous hockey player's name on the air and this goes back to me just like not really being in tune with hockey and I was and I got this job on the Bruins and um I said I I used to read these polls um like in the second period or something and text a for this text b for this whatever so this one in particular I'll never forget this I was in Buffalo and it was text you know favorite hockey movie text a for miracle text b for this text c for uh the rocket 
the history of Rocket Richard. The text D for this. So, um, I didn't know, but apparently, like, the Babe Ruth of hockey is Rocket Richard, a, a French-Canadian hockey player. Yep, well, um, I pretty much offended every single human <sighs> oh, on the planet. no. Cam Neely came in, like, came into the studio that or the, like, the locker room I was sitting in. Or no, it wasn't Cam. It was the PR guy for the Bruins, but it came from Cam and was like, did you just say Rocket Richard? Like, no one could fathom that I would not know who this person was. And I don't think I've ever talked about this. I, I really didn't. And I and I used to be so embarrassed admitting that, but I, I I couldn't I couldn't scream it at the top of my lawn like loud enough. Like I just didn't basketball and baseball in my house, like that's the thing. Like Dr. J, Larry Bird, like you could anybody, where they went to college, like magic, like all like there's just like an inherent understanding that you have when you're around a sport your whole life right. that you just wouldn't mispronounce Babe Ruth's name wrong. And right. when I said Rocket Richard, oh my God, I, that was really, I think the only time I have cried like after, oh my like, God, because people of, because, are, oh. because of the hate I received and it, and it still pops up. Like it's maybe a couple pages into my Google search now. People are so stupid. But it, and, and I, and I can't, I mean, I never wrote, I never like tweeted a thing out. I never, now if someone tweets at me years later about it, which sometimes it pops up maybe once or twice a year, I will like totally make fun of myself for it because I fully acknowledge how you should. it was. No, but it's um, also like, it wasn't a current player that you were covering. Your job was to cover current hockey. So sorry that you don't know someone from the past. Like, you I know, but it you was, doing, I, mean, I know it's embarrassing, but if you were doing a good job, and then yeah. you mess up like an old time player's name, like the world freaks yeah. out because as a female in sports, you're held to an even higher standard. Like, does totally. she actually know her shit? Totally. And that's what's frustrating, but it also hold, it, it, it is good to be held to a higher standard, in my opinion. It makes you really good, you know, good with your job. I learned from that point on that anything I ever had to read, if I had to do a sound check, I'm reading the script because I am. I, I also just am not great with pronunciations. Like it's mm -hmm. just not something that comes easily to me. And then in hockey, you're, you're switching between all these different nationalities. I mean, right. talk about just like peak challenging names in general, but I, that was really the most hate I've ever received. And it, it continues on a little bit, but you're right. I don't, I do think it has a little bit to do with being married now. I don't really put like my own commentary out there a lot. And I some, I think sometimes that's to my detriment though, because I don't have as big of a following as others because I am not constantly putting my, like they all go weeks, you know, without tweeting. And, and I think that in turn, when you look at the numbers of like, yeah. you know, clicks and whatnot, that can hurt you. So it's a balance, you know, it's like, do I want to put myself out there more and get more attention? But I think inherently you get more hate or do I kind of stay true to myself and essentially apparently you know get a lot of love but i i don't really throw my name in that ring for a lot of things topics and whatnot well you also like don't really have to do the whole twitter thing so much right now because you have a killer job and you're on that yeah. track no matter what and i think girls who aren't have to make a personality for themselves online to like be picked up yeah it's true yeah and and you and like there's really Besides like putting YouTube videos up or, you know, trying to get your stuff out there, you're so right. There's, there's only so many ways that to get your thoughts and to prove quote unquote, prove yourself. I think you're right that, you know, there is a level of that's a good platform for them to do that. And I'm not saying to not do it. It just, it doesn't really vibe with my personality. Um, most of the yeah. time. Yeah. So, but that's very nice that everybody seems to think that I, they do the Minnesota nice in me, I guess. I don't know. Totally. Do you have any, um, piece of advice for girls in broadcasting? Like one, like major, you know, yeah, you do. Yeah. <laughs> I always, <laughs> you're like, oh yeah. I always, um, and you, you would know, you'll agree with this. I think once I say it, having spent some time around me now, like just stay true to yourself, you know, like I am not a high heel wearing makeup all the time, constantly fashionable person. Like that's just not, it would be hard for me to do that all the time. Some girls and man, am I jealous of them can do that all the time. Same. I like, I'm like you, which people wouldn't believe because the one time I do put on makeup, I take a photo and that's what's on my Instagram. <laughs> exactly. But like, I can't even fathom my friends who wake up every single day and put makeup on. I'm like, how? I envy your effort. I know. Yes, exactly. And, and I don't 
know why, but it's, to me, I always circle back to high heels. I just can't do it. I cannot do it. And I think that has worked for me over the years. I, I come to production meetings, like I don't look like a slab by any means, but I'm like in like good Nikes or like I, I try, I'm in Jordans, you know, like I'm, but that's who I am. I play basketball. I like shoes like that. And I'm not, I look awkward. I look like Bambi in high heels and <laughs> I, I just, it's just not me. And I have struggled with feeling like I should be like that. And it, and it comes and goes. Sometimes I'm super confident in who I am. And other times I see on Instagram, these girls who are just to the nines and I'm like, oh my gosh, I should be more like that, but I just can't do it. And then when I do break in break tradition with myself and I go to wear a heel to a basketball game, I immediately regret it. Like, and I'll even walk around my hotel room with it on. And then I always change the flats right before I leave. Like I just, I don't even bring them anymore because it's just not who I am as a person. And it took me a long time to get there because social media really makes you, you know, these girls put, and, and if that's who they are, more power to them. Like that is great for you. But I just, it makes you feel like you're doing something incorrectly um, when you see the way other people kind of present themselves. But my, my biggest piece of advice to anybody is just be the same person, you know, when the red light is on and off. And for me, that's like wearing sneakers, wearing flats. I like to think that my delivery on the air is the same as if I'm talking to you right now. I feel like that's a, that's a huge thing that people don't realize is I'll watch some people like their videos who are on the come up, not, you know, where you are, but like, you know, doing digital stuff. And I'm like, they don't, they're, I know how you talk and you on camera is a completely different voice. And I think that's so old school. I think, you know, even back when I was in college, we're the same age, they were teaching you to talk a little bit different. Like I was being taught to talk with like this broadcasting voice and like, yeah. And then when I realized, like, when you talk like I do on my podcast or the, the way you're talking to a friend, that's what yeah. comes off most natural. Yes, exactly. And I think that helps with, it all comes full circle. That helps me not feel nervous because I don't feel like I have to be a certain way when the, when the, when my microphone gets flipped on, you know, I try to keep the same sense of humor. Like I'm a kind of a dry, you know, person. I, I'm not cheesy on TV. I, I keep that going. Sometimes it's a little hit or miss, but I just, I'm sarcastic. Like I just stay true to yourself in every facet. And I think it just makes you better at your job because then you're not trying to be something you're not. And the more reps you get, the more time you get on television, that's just that much more exhausting if you're trying to be somebody else, because it's just, you're all of a sudden going to be on the view in 15 years. And like every day for three hours, you have to be some person that you have built up. Fake voice. Yeah. And you're just like, what did I do? Totally. That's really good advice. Yeah. So just kind of, it, it really permeates a lot of layers, but just be comfortable and true to yourself and, and you'll eventually find work, I think, and opportunities that fit who you are, not the person that you're trying to fake to become. Like, I don't know if my, I don't know. Cause I've only been at CBS. Would that work at Fox? Would that work at ESPN? I don't know. Right. Um, but it works at CBS because they obviously, you know, keep me around. Yeah. Um, so it's true though when you are yourself like when I was trying to do sidelines and I was with Fox Sports Florida and I was doing the Panthers I loved it I loved being around the game it didn't feel like me and then when I was like doing the barstool and doing my podcast like it, it's just so much more me like yes. I can't be what a lot yeah. of those girls are yeah <laughs> I curse too much and I look too slutty in clothes <laughs> <laughs> it's not my fault no, it's not your fault. It's just what God gave you. Um, yeah. So I'll wrap this up because they're doing construction upstairs right now and it is driving me insane and I don't want the audio to get fucked up. But, okay. um, you know, you were living in my hometown of yes. the main line, the suburbs outside Philly, which is honestly so boring unless you're like <laughs> growing up there with a fan. Like it's, yes, there's nothing there. Except for it Villanova. It, it was lovely for two years, but we have moved on. <laughs> it, it's lovely, but, yes. you know, there's no one your age around there. No. And now you just moved home to Minnesota. Yeah. So are you going to, like, be there for life? I think so. I mean, my husband's from here. We have all these – we have both sets of grandparents are, like, 20 minutes from where – I mean, we really came back here because – as to circle back, like, I want to go back to work right away and – who better to take care of your newborn than your, you know, your parents and your husband's parents. So true. Um, so I could be here for life or we could move, you know, back to New York City in five years. I, I don't really. Or Manhattan was, Beach. Or, or Manhattan Beach. Yeah. This was a um, really, really great place to grow up, though. So I wouldn't mind. 
hang in here for a little bit. And you have your siblings, your friends, your family, right? Yeah, exactly. You've been an amazing interview and I love you so much for doing this. Oh, thank you. I love you. And I'm so excited for everyone to hear how cool you are because we already know it. Oh, isn't Jamie just the best? I'm so glad you guys got to know her a little bit more. She's truly like an angel on earth. But for real, thank you for tuning in and thank you for being patient. I've been getting legitimately bullied on Instagram about my podcast, which if I really sit back and think about it, is actually flattering that you guys want another episode so bad. I, it's really nice. But some of you are going about it in the wrong way. And if you're like, harassing me and insulting me to try to get me to release another episode just like chill out I'm gonna do more it's summer I you pumped these out regularly last summer and I'm gonna do the same I'm actually about to record the episode after this right now and I want to give you guys this content but it's not that easy I edit it myself and then I send it to this sweet sweet girl Melissa Duffy who finalizes it and puts the music in and corrects all the audio and then I have to ask favors of people to do interviews I hate asking people to do stuff for me and you know it's not like I can just snap my fingers and be interesting and entertaining and all that but I'm trying for you guys. I'm really trying. So thank you so much again for tuning in. And I love you all. And I will catch you on the next episode, which will come shortly, of Shooting It With Soph. On this perfect day.